0: Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring, and today, Bobby Howe is actually sick, so she is out right now, unfortunately. Prayers to Bobby. We have Jeff Carson in the studio. So, Jeff, welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. Thank you, Alex. I'll try to do my best Bobby Howe impression. Oh, I look forward to that. But, Here's but
1: the I thing. don't run. I don't uh, I don't uh, read books, so I don't know how I'm really going to do this. But. You don't read well, I read. I can read. I do well, read. You can read. I just okay. don't read books.
0: Oh, what do you I, read?
1: I have to read something I can put down inside of an hour.
0: In the, okay, yeah. fair, fair. There I can go. understand that. I, gotta, I, I can't do the commitment thing. You know, I have to tell you, Jeff. This is—you are the first person that we have interviewed twice on this podcast. I mean, technically, you're in kind of a co-host position right now, but you're the first person outside of Bobby and I to make multiple appearances on the podcast. Well, I'm
1: flattered. I was so popular. You are so
0: popular. <laughs> You
1: really are. Well, so, how thank are you, you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Other than freezing right
0: now? It's very cold. Yeah, it, it's it's too cold outside. Um, but but that's all right. I'm doing okay. Having to shovel snow of, of clients' driveways. I'm getting a little tired of the winter
1: thing. Yeah, I don't do that. See, after doing this for 29 years, I don't do that stuff anymore.
0: See, I haven't learned how to say no to things. Right. yet. Yeah,
1: you'll learn. You'll <laughs> learn. 29 <laughs> years later, you'll you'll say no a lot. Mostly well, to your kids.
0: <laughs> Well, so let's talk about Valentine's oh, Day. okay. Let's talk about Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, that was my sexy voice. Yeah. I don't know if it was good or not. How, how did you feel about it? I, I, I felt, did you do anything I felt, for I felt you? it was
1: very sexy. I, oh, I really good, did, yes. I, I felt a little something.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, boy. All right. It's getting steamy in the studio.
1: Oh, no. All right.
0: Well, so do you have any plans?
1: You know, I don't know at this point. I, I'm sure it'll probably be just a nice dinner out. You know, it's funny, um, you know, you, you're all romantic when you start out in life, and you, you know, that's obviously how you have kids. And then when you have kids, <laughs> it seems like some of that romance goes away a little bit. So you kind of have to, to come up with new ways to, to put it back in there. But And uh,
0: just like that, the steam came uh, right out I of the know. room. I am just telling
1: you, you know, you're, you're a young father. You know, I'm, I'm three kids into it and, you know, 20, <laughs> 26 years down the road. So you got to, you know find new ways to to spice things up
0: spice it up spice all right up, yeah well now that i am thoroughly uncomfortable <laughs>
1: I, i'm completely uncomfortable as well i i, I literally feel myself blushing. i'm no longer cold i will tell you that i
0: <laughs> i love it i knew I Jeff, you're to too this. much fun you are too much fun all right so before we get too much further why don't you give us like a brief thing about uh advocacy on the Kansas side? Since we have you here right now.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of timely because we're heading to Topeka next week for the Capitol Conference. So uh, be interested to see what the Government Affairs Committee comes up with. We'll be talking about uh, taxes, which I know you're going to be talking about that later on today with your guests. But uh, kind of the big issue for us this year will be decoupling the state taxes from your federal taxes. When you
0: say decoupling, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, in Kansas, if you take, let's just say you take the standardized deduction or standard deduction on the federal level. If you do that on the federal level, you have to do that on the state level. What we want to do is we want to be able to give uh, people a choice because it may be more advantageous for them to take their property tax and their mortgage interest deduction on the state level, even though maybe it wasn't on the federal level. We want to decouple them so that the the uh, home buyer, excuse me, the uh, the taxpayer. Uh, the taxpayer has a choice, one way or the other, what they want to do. Understood. Whatever is the most advantageous route for them to take. We think and that'll be a choice.
0: Do other states uh, are in other states? Uh, are these things decoupled?
1: That's a good question, and I don't know the answer to that.
0: Okay. okay, very, very interesting. And and of course, it's nice that we have this generous standard deduction on the federal side, but in, uh, in the state of Kansas, if it's not going up significantly, I mean, that's that's a that can be a problem.
1: Well, the issue on, you know. It being nice that we have the doubling of the standard deduction is one thing, but it what it does is, is it waters down the benefits of homeownership, and that was yeah. always the issue for us in tax reform. I mean, it appeared that realtors were against the simplifying of the tax code. Really, we weren't. We just didn't want to water down the effects of owning a home. And tax reform last year did that. Uh, you know, when we we went from a nation where about thirty to thirty-five percent of taxpayers itemized their deductions after tax reform, about three to five percent are now item itemizing. And so, uh, our issue is, you know, if you are going to reduce the value of owning a home from a tax advantage, how long is it before when there is only three to five percent of Americans that are itemizing? How long before it goes away? Completely.
0: Sure. Yeah, I completely understand that. Now I think it's important though to to say and I think you'll agree with this that uh, that there are lots of benefits to owning a home and certainly they, they aren't limited to tax advantages.
1: Absolutely. And I think Realtors are going to have to uh, start conveying those to their customers because when people are delaying their purchases later on, uh, you know, we've got a large millennial buying population out there. They're buying for different reasons. I think we need to adapt uh, our, I guess, our sales pitch, if you will, of the benefits of home ownership to just outside the box of just from a tax perspective. And I think for years we've relied on that from the standpoint of selling and we need to think outside the box Sure. Uh, All the many other benefits there are to owning a home, and and we know
0: those. You bet. So let's talk really quick. A a couple of things about taxes. Taxes, for me, um, when I got into the industry, uh, it just, I'll be honest, it kind of took me by surprise. I was only, I was 22 years old, um, and... Uh, when I uh, t- took everything into my accountant and realized what I should have been doing for the entire year, it threw me completely off guard. And um, I, I think uh, we've we've done a little bit of work on the association level to try to uh, help newer agents understand what they're getting themselves into. Uh, we had a lot to learn just last week. Talking about taxes and yeah, that was and well
1: received too. That was good information.
0: Completely sold out. In fact, I I think I even told you I was going to try to you know just just show up and see if I could take somebody's spot that didn't show up. Oh nope, it was it was packed.
1: And, was, that, and that's a good thing. It I, is. I mean, that people were that interested in, in such a you know blah topic.
0: But I think that it it says a lot about the need of this topic. Nobody wants to talk about taxes, um, but I, I think there are a lot of people out there that that really don't know what they're doing, especially when they. First Get started in our industry.
1: I think it's something that people don't think about when they get into the business about having to handle something that's always been handled for them as an employee that now they become the person that has to do all of that and I don't think it really hits home until that first time you go to file uh, just how much different it really is and how much different the costs are.
0: Sure and you know with this being the first big boy job that I ever had you know I say big boy with air quotes um, it kind of it just really took me off guard. I didn't, I didn't never even really had anything being taken out of my paycheck before. Well, hardly and, at all. And
1: it really does. I remember the first time I went and had mine done. I was so nervous about how much I was going to have to pay because I knew it was going to be a large sum of money. And in reality, I wound up getting back a little bit of money and I couldn't believe it. And then the second year I went, again, I was nervous again. I think I had to pay like $900 or something like that. And I was just so, again, caught off guard that I had done so well enough in my calculations to hit it as close as I did. But, you know, I don't think that anymore, I don't think self-employed people ever go to the accountant when they're not
0: nervous. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear you on that. Well, I think that it's time to probably bring Peter in. Are you going to stick around? I think so, yeah. Awesome. I probably have some See, great it's information. not that bad. You were so nervous.
1: I know, I know. I don't know. I, you know what? Sitting down with you, it's you know, it's, it's always easy. It's just chatting with Alex, you know?
0: As long as we keep the steam in the room. Uh, exactly, exactly. All
1: right. I've I stopped blushing, so
0: I, I feel a little <laughs> bit better. All right. Well, let's bring Peter into the conversation, and we'll be back just after this.
2: Hey, Alex. Hey, Bobby. Do you know why I love KCRER as much as I do? Why? It's because we are just completely customer-oriented association. Did, did you see what just happened just a little bit ago?
0: Mm, remind me.
2: Okay, so, so we were between sessions, and Kip Cooper comes walking by, and I'm like, Hey, Kip, you got any cake? And he's like, hang on. And he comes back, and he brings me this amazing cupcake with a big gumball on top. Kip! I...
0: You're kind of in trouble with me right now.
2: Right, because you didn't get a cupcake, but you didn't ask for a cupcake. Mm. I did. I should for cake. Ask and you shall receive. Exactly. So, you know, we just have an amazing association that supports us in everything that we do.
0: Well, if we want to keep that kind of uh, thing up. Right. I, I mean, I feel like we need to make sure that we show our association that we support them.
2: Yes, just like they support us. One, a little bit
0: ago, the, the Professional Development Committee had asked about a podcast, and uh, and lo and behold, KCRAR has delivered. Um, and so if you appreciate the podcast and, and you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of it, please hit subscribe. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. If and you like us. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't do anything. Just don't listen then. Right. Right? You can always choose not to listen. <laughs>
2: And then we're going to need you to um, follow us on SoundCloud. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And then tell all your friends on your Facebook, your chaps of Snap, your installators, all of those. I'm going to need you to go tell everybody all about listening to us and how amazing we are. But if you hate us, again, just pretend like this didn't even happen. (laughs) Right?
0: Sounds great. Subscribe now. Well, welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk. Jeff and I are now sitting with Mr. Peter Newman with Cochrane Head Vic & Company. Peter, how are you doing today?
3: Oh, he's good.
0: Well, good. <laughs> good. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Well, uh, I am been in CPA for about 59 years. I came to America in 1944 after being in concentration camp in, uh, in Europe, and by luck, Real luck. I came to America uh, when they asked my parents where, where did they want to live. They said we'd like to live in a moderately warm climate. They said Kansas City. That's where we ended up. And burr today. <laughs> oh, good, all right. And today, like you said, good point. I changed my mind today.
0: Nothing moderate about today's weather. I think it's three degrees outside at the moment. Oh, it warmed up.
3: Yes. <laughs> so uh, so as people helped us to get started here in America, we didn't have a penny to our names. My parents... Uh, worked as janitors, and a lot of people helped us along the way, which is typical American style, help one another, and help the world, by the way. No other country in the world helps other people like we do, but that's another story. So I ended up going to college, went to MU, graduated in accounting, started my own practice after working with Arthur Anderson and Company, which was one of the big eight firms back in the 60s, And uh, after having worked there for 10 years, I started my own practice, Peter Newman CPA Chartered. And just uh, three years ago, I merged with uh, Cochran Head Vic & Company. Uh, I'm 80 years old now, and my wife keeps saying, you ought to retire. and uh, And I keep saying, nope, not me. I refuse to retire. I'm having too much fun.
1: Hey, that's good. As long as it's fun, keep doing it. By the way, that's a great story about your family and and their their immigration into the United States, especially with so much talk going on in the world today that, that that's a great story and a great success story.
0: Thank you. It's true. It's true. Let's jump in and start talking about taxes.
3: Always glad to be on any place where we can talk about taxes. Taxes. It's the <laughs>
0: sexiest topic that you can find, isn't it? Pass. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> well, obviously in real estate, uh, you know, we, we have uh, some extra hurdles that some other people don't have. Can you talk to us a little bit about uh, what the difference is when you're filing
3: your taxes as a real estate professional? Certainly. First of all, most of the real estate agents are self-employed. They're not incorporated, they're operating solely on their own account, which means they have a supplemental set of information that has to be provided to the IRS, namely the income, the deductions, so that they lower their tax, and more importantly, a big bite their self-employment or Social Security taxes. We all have to pay Social Security and Medicare, but one of the not so good benefits of being self-employed is you pay double. The average American pays 7.65. A self-employed individual, like most real estate agents, pay 15.3. Wow. Wow.
0: Well, that stings a a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. As for years. (laughs) Well, but everything's kind of changing a little bit this year, right?
3: Well, I tell you, uh, it's been changing a lot. We've never had this big of a tax law change in history. And by the way, when I refer to history, taxation goes back to 1913. So we're celebrating, bad word, our 105th (laughs) anniversary of taxation. But this Tax Cut and Jobs Act was major, and it was designed really to help businesses and self-employed. For example, corporations were reduced from a rate atop of 35% to 21%. That's big.
1: That's real big. Huge.
3: And that was the design that was purposely done by Trump, and he indicated that, that he felt it was important that businesses have more money to work with. And we were also, by the way, the world's highest tax rate for business. The highest. So not a surprise that that was done, but the really good thing for real estate agents is this. You've got one heck of a great organization. You may not realize it, but NAR did an outstanding job in the last hours of putting this tax bill together. Well, that's There's, the
0: National Association of Realtors, right. and that's our RPAC dollars at
1: work. Exactly, and they were I know they were very instrumental, and very. they worked really hard to put together the package that, that finally got approved.
3: And they deserve, by the way, a AAA rating for what they did. I think this year a lot of the agents will realize what was accomplished. But the bottom line is this. There was a special provision already in the code set to go in this bill, Uh, which would, in effect, give a special deduction, which is called QBI. Please make a note of that, QBI. If your tax return is done this year, that word, QBI, will come to the forefront. And here's what it amounts to. It allows for a special 20% deduction, 20% of your net income. And let me tell you how that works. Let's make it simple i have revenue of fifty thousand i have ten thousand of expenses and my bottom line is forty thousand i'm self-employed schedule c what we call a schedule c filer. so if i take twenty percent of forty thousand that's eight thousand i'm going to get an eight thousand dollar deduction i will not have spent one red penny and i get this deduction now you gotta make sure that people are doing and by the way it not only applies to your situation it also applies to qualified rental property in mm. other words if you're actively involved with rental property which many of our members can, are yes and they should be by the way i always tell people i'm always amazed the best asset of course next to my wife is <laughs> my real estate that no
1: is coming up very good very good to plug that <laughs> Listen, good. i had to do
3: that i knew i knew <laughs> i wanted to be in good stead know your audience <laughs> Peter. know your audience <laughs> but really and truly We know without any question of a doubt that the best asset we have is a hard asset, real estate. There is and never will be a better asset, in my opinion. And I'm not a realtor. So the key to realize here, though, is that by having home ownership and getting the benefits of home ownership, there is a lot of things that has been written in the Internal Revenue Code to help people buy homes. And when it comes to individuals and they do their tax returns, they're going to find that this tax code bill helped them significantly.
0: So I have a question. We, we've we heard this 20% figure thrown around quite a bit. Yes. Uh, while this was all uh,
3: being worked out. Right. Um,
0: can we still take that 20% if we take the standard deduction?
3: Yes, because they're two different things. The standard deduction, and by the way, that's double this year. The right. stand, In fact, to be honest with you, Probably 80% of all Americans will take the standard deduction. But when you're self-employed, it's a completely different thing. You have income and you have deductions. It has nothing to do with the standard deduction. The standard deduction is completely separate from this issue. Every one will get a standard deduction. Single taxpayers, 12000 double what it was the year before. Joint will get 24000 double what it was the year before. But meanwhile, here we are as realtors, and we're wanting to reduce our taxable income and, of course, our payroll, our Social Security Medicare tax. And here again I say we get that 20% QBY, which ever if the realtor is doing his work right, and going to the right preparer, and I stress that, because don't walk away and have a return done and not ask the preparer, did you take the QBI? If they didn't they probably made a mistake. they likely have made a mistake.
1: And you said you were saying before we started that really to do your taxes yourself this year is probably would be a big mistake.
3: I think so. Now obviously everybody's gonna say, well, he's a prepare, what else would he say? Right. <laughs> I mean you know, he's not gonna say do your own, you know. But I you know, I've been in this business fifty nine years and I can tell you in all these years, because of the significant change, you're not gonna in fact If you've done returns before and you say, I'm going to do it now, you won't even recognize the returns. They're nothing anywhere similar. The front of the the return, page 1040, which previously had altogether about 70 lines or so on the front and back, has now been reduced to 23 to 25 lines. And although it seems simple, there's a lot of schedules. So if you think you're going to follow last year's return, forget it. It ain't, it ain't, as they say in French, go, going to work. It just will not work.
1: Well, I think you make a valid point also. I mean, being in real estate, you know, we have a lot of people that think, well, you know what, I'll just sell my house myself. Mm-hmm. And many times they lose money. They don't know what they're doing. And, again, for what your fee is, for what is, what, to get professional advice, professional services, in the end you're probably going to save us way more money than it's ever going to cost to have our taxes professionally done.
3: Absolutely. Okay, but one thing I might stress here. Like everything else, and we all know this, we have this experience. There are those who really know what they're doing. There are those that are guessing what they're doing. There's good and bad in everything in life, in every occupation, in every occup, in everything we do in life. is good and bad, and that's a human thing. That's we're all that way. But the thing to be before you go have anybody do, ask them several questions. Number one, how long have you been doing this? Five years, ten years? Do you only do it part time? You only do it from January to April? Yes. Well, the people who do it on a professional basis do it all year round. Why is that? Because the laws are constantly changing every single day. There's tax court cases. There's rev rulings. It's, it's Can I tell you what I've always said now for 35 years on my own radio program on KMBZ? And that is, no place on earth is taxation as complicated as this. In fact, not even the Lord in his most infinite wisdom could come up with anything more complicated, unfair, and unjust as our current Infernal, excuse me, internal <laughs> revenue code. I
1: think you got to write the first time.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I think like, he just said
3: ten
0: percent. Wasn't ten percent the? <laughs> <laughs> but you make a
1: good point because again, you're you're kind of talking our language. I mean, yes, when you're sitting mm-hmm. down and talking about interviewing a realtor, asking how long they've been doing this, the type of experience, those, that, I mean, That's that critical. that translates right over into our business as well.
3: Absolutely, it does. Now, you
0: said something earlier that I really liked. So one of the things that we get worried about as real estate professionals uh, when we increase the standard deduction, we get concerned that people aren't going to be utilizing um, our mortgage interest deductions and and other things that we've been fighting for for a long time. Um, In addition to your comments about the standard deduction increasing and how how you approve of that, you also talked about how real estate is an incredible asset to own so can you give us a little bit uh, of your opinion on some of the non-tax related benefits to owning real estate obviously to us it's it's obvious but uh, we're realtors and we're going to push real estate as as a solid investment we'd like to hear it from you
3: well you know i've always said that the internal revenue code was written with the idea that every American should be a homeowner. And by the way, I'm, I, I am an American. I was born in Vienna, Austria. I came here in 1944. So I know a little bit about my homeland, my home country, and the best asset we have, which is America. No question about that. But no else, no place else in the world was the government, both federal and state, helping people buy homes, right? Because you got the deduction for interest, you got the deduction for taxes. Now, I will tell you, this new code section is going to hurt that a great deal. And here's the reason. It's estimated that 75 to 80 percent of all Americans will no longer itemize. We Mm -hmm. said that early, didn't we, gentlemen? Interest and taxes are part of that itemized deduction. And unfortunately, what's going to happen is that the majority of Americans will no longer get, and I hate to say this on your broadcast, I but ask I need the to tell the truth, <laughs> the whole truth, as they say, and that is most Americans, the people who will get a deduction are the very, very wealthy who either have home loans, and by the way, you know, home loan interest laws have changed. We'll not discuss that now. But it will cause most Americans, take a simple example, and then I'll shut up, Say, for example, you have somebody who buys a home, say, for $200,000 and uh, say 250 and he puts down 50 as 200 debt. Let's say he's getting a loan for 4%. So his interest is $8,000. What's the standard deduction? 24. Is that going to help him? Because the only other items that are deductible in the itemized deductions are taxes. They're limited to a maximum of $10,000 this year. That includes real estate taxes, personal property taxes, and uh, state and local income tax. So that's going to hurt. But even if it hurts, think of it in this way. Where else can you put money, build up an asset, build up worth, build up a solid? You know, when the market's go down, the stock market goes down, you have investment, you hurt. It isn't going to affect the value of your home. So there is no question. I have always in my home, I've never once rented in my whole life. I never will because I'm a believer. And I'm also, by the way, when I do my seminar here at the Board of Realtors, always ask how many of you realtors own rental property? <laughs> rental property is a wonderful way to go. Those people who have done it, and by the way, I was not been paid for this. This is not a commercial. <laughs> I want to <laughs> stress that. But really and truly, it is absolutely the finest, best asset. And this will hurt the deduction. But I don't feel that the average American will be affected. It'll bother him, no question about it. But should not affect your desire to own a home.
1: Well, I, and well, we. I'm sorry, Alex. But what we always see, and what we we tout is that that it's a great way to build wealth and homeowners have much more net worth than an average renter and so even if the tax taxes have changed to maybe benefit renters more than they benefit homeowners there's still an inherent benefit of owning a home by the
3: the time you pay rent at the end of the month what do you have left nothing except to pay rent again right whereas if i'm amortizing my debt i made a down payment i have invested in myself and my future one of the
0: messages that I feel like we tend to lose uh, as a real estate organization is that the true benefit of owning real estate occurs when the thing is paid off, frankly. You Absolutely. pay the thing off, and you own it free and clear. You're not paying anything monthly other than, you know, you've got your taxes and insurance. You've got some other overhead. But obviously, you've uh, you've grown a great deal of wealth at the end of that process. So I, I think we need to push that, um, you know, and put, put some of these... Uh, discussions about interest tax deductions and all this other stuff uh, aside and just tout the uh, great thing
3: that is homeownership and owning things free and clear. And, and the thing that's really critical here, if I might add, and that is, you know, when I first went out to get a home, we had one kind of a loan, a 30-year loan. Mm-hmm. That was it. It was 30 year Today, there are so many varieties, so many options that it's almost designed to make you become a homeowner. It does not make sense to be paying $500, $1,000. I've had clients come in and pay two and 3000 in in rent, and I look them in the eye and says, have you had your head examined lately? Let me give you an examination. <laughs> and, and, a, and, and, and a
0: card of a realtor.
1: And, yes, <laughs> and card exactly. Of a realtor. Right.
3: By the way, I'll need a couple.
1: But, <laughs> You're going to get them. But, but,
3: but really and truly, it truly is a wonderful world we live in. And, and by the way, state the state's are a little bit different than how they follow the Internal Revenue Code. I'm not going to discuss that today, maybe some other time. But they don't all follow the federal code the way I've structured it here. And We're just talking about the federal now. I would like to ask you a question about state,
0: though, if you don't Mm -hmm. mind. Sure. So one of the conversations that we're having is uh, whether or not uh, to decouple the federal – uh, sorry, help me, federal... Well,
1: debt. the federal deduction from the state's deduction. Yes. So as it stands now in Kansas, if you fi- if you take the standard deduction on the federal level, you have to take the standard deduction Absolutely on the state correct. level. correct. And what the realtors are fighting for is the ability for, for taxpayers to choose whether or not they want to itemize at the state level, regardless of the choice that they made at the federal level. Well,
3: I think it's always... The decoupling, I think, is... All, remember, we're two different entities. Mm-hmm. We have different needs, different requirements, different lifestyles within whatever part of the country you live, and I do think that, that in fact, to be honest with you, and, and this is just me, I've always been, even though I'm a CPA and been practicing all these years, I mentioned, I think that we have a completely wrong method of taxation because it's unfair, it's unjust, it leans one to another. We should not have this system. We should have a very simple, I mean simple, and I call it a consumption tax, a consumption tax has been studied by over 75 of the best known world economists, and they all have said that we should have you, you pay a sales tax, don't you, right now when you go buy your your items? You ever think about that sales tax as you go in? Never. <laughs> and The reason is, it's a little bit at a time. When you pay your income taxes, you always know. You look at that page and you say, oh my God, there's another 30% of my money gone. It shouldn't be that way. We could accomplish a lot more by making a fairer system of taxation than we currently have. But that's that's for another session. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well— do you have any other questions, Jeff?
1: I know. This has been great. Uh, I, I certainly love your, uh, your take on homeownership. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, 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 I mean you, you talk like a realtor uh, <laughs> when, when it comes to that. I so I, I, love, I love hearing that. And I, I've learned some things today that I'm going to certainly take out on the road with me when I compete against Alex for that next <laughs> listing appointment. That Can I on. make
3: one last comment? Do sure. Do we have the time? Sure. And that is how you operate your business now becomes more important than ever before. The majority of you should no longer be proprietorships, meaning you, file, you in effect, file a Schedule C. Based on a certain income level, and I have a figure that I use when I talk to my clients, but I'm not going to throw it out here on the air, there's a level of which you will always pay more taxes by operating as a proprietor instead of a subchapter S corporation. Don't have the time to explain the details. You can come to my next seminar, by the way, which I do for the KCRAR. I do one in the spring on how to sell real estate using the tax laws and another one in the fall on how independent contractors can save tax dollars. Thanks a lot for having me on, by the way. I do appreciate it. I love talking about this subject, but I love homes more than taxes love
0: it great well thank you so much peter yeah. i think that's a great way to end it we'll see Good you next time at kansas city real talk special thanks again to jeff carson for stepping in for love Bobby. being here this is great appreciate it thanks so much jeff thank you guys see you next time